0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. Uh, In this week's show, we have five new reviews to over. That sounds awful. In this week's episode, we've got five new releases to discuss. Uh, We're going to be kicking off with the Korean thriller The Witch Part 2, the other one. Uh, Then we've got a really interesting thriller called Solid Rock Trust. Uh, Then a biopic with a very interesting cast, uh, Lamborghini, the man behind the legend. After this, we have uh, LA Seduction and Diamond in the Rough. Our short shot is Salem 1692, and we're gonna round off with our DTV throwback, Devil's Prey. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is The Witch Part Two, The Other One. After escaping a secret laboratory, a young teen known only as Girl meets Kyung Hee, a woman who is trying to protect her home and younger brother from a gang of ruthless thugs led by her ruthless uncle. However, they are the least of their troubles. Um, we've seen some very interesting uh, Korean films this year, uh, Steve. And I think, yeah. I think one of the things that I'm picking up from Korean cinema is it doesn't suffer fools gladly. Um, It really expects its audience to be on the ball, paying attention, and it doesn't take any prisoners, basically, you know. Hmm. um, This is a perfect example. Um, I saw The Witch Part One, I don't know, about four years ago, probably that's what um, it, really, it, it turned up on amazon prime for a bit and then disappeared
2: yeah 2018 it says
1: there you go four First years one. ago yeah um funny enough i actually bought a copy of, uh, i managed to track down the, uh, the german blu-ray of this i managed to pick it up for like 3 or 4 quid um Unfortunately, it, it doesn't have English subtitles, so it's pretty <laughs> useless. But it, you know, at the same time, it's good to have. I thought I'd get hold of it just so, um, so I could figure out what the hell happened, because this film basically follows on almost, you know, to the second after that, right. and, and it kind of expects you to pick up the pieces and and, and just go with the characters, um, which yeah. is, is pretty impossible if you you know if you haven't seen the film or for about four years. Um, so. I would say the first 10, 15 minutes are quite dense and very difficult to sort of like decipher what's going on. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, to be fair, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, excuse me, the first, I I kind of presumed that after, yeah, throughout 20, 25 minutes that I haven't seen the first one. Mm. and I think I should have done, really to get
1: the film expects you to have is doesn't it? it really well, does yeah I mean there's there's no there's no like previously on or anything like that it's just like bam here we go this is where we were
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and yeah you remember these characters don't you you yeah, it's it's kind of that situation
2: yeah that's what that's what I was thinking I mean there's I think it's like three quarters of the way through where these four characters turn up with you hmm. not that I've not seen before and I'm thinking who the hell are these? Um, that I can't. Well, maybe they're from the first one. I mean, I'll be honest. When we got the link, hmm. before I didn't even look at it, my heart sunk a little bit because I thought it was like a to video sequel for Robert Edwards, oh,
1: The Witch, the um, yeah, sort of Studio 24 kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I'm like, oh no, they haven't,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, so, you, like, yeah, right. so he you, so you, you didn't even realize what you were getting into at all.
2: No, no, not at all. And then, you know, I did enjoy it, but I just think there's tonal issues with it
1: Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, There's there's a whole bit in the middle where it tries to be cutesy all of a sudden. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and I'm like,
2: no, this doesn't work. And then, you know, like the final third, it kind of turns into like a Marvel movie stroke. Matrix thing and I don't know it's good ideas Mm. and it's well acted well played really well shot I mean I thought the effects were fantastic you know there's Mm. no they were really good Mm. but it's just I think you do need to see the first one and it just tries to nick a few things and the tone is all over the place with it really
1: yeah i i have to agree with that um there's this whole segment because you know we, um we have this girl who's i don't know how to describe her really she she's um you know she's got these powers she's been locked in a lab mm-hmm. for, for 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 most of her life and you get this sort of like fish out of water sequence where she meets this this young kid who's sort of like teach teacher about YouTube and eating food yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And it's all, oh, isn't this so cute sort of thing? You know, and, and I suppose it's there to make the ending a bit more sort of hard hitting. But it's, um, mm. as you say, it's tone for a shift. You know, it's a total shift. It's just weird. Um, also as well, like, mm.
2: again, you get halfway through. Mm. Is he Australian?
1: No, South African
2: to have african sorry guys uh, yeah. i can't tell with the accent
1: oh, he, um, he, well using it more or less all the way through
2: yeah no but there's something happens half the way halfway yeah. through yeah that just comes out of nowhere
1: yeah because up to that point you, you are not aware you know unless you have seen the first one you may be aware but um up to right. that point you're not aware of what you know what 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 sort of things these guys can do, and all of a sudden it's like right in your face. Um, I must admit, I'd forgotten, you know, I I couldn't remember how, how, you know, I can remember some good sort of fight scenes and stuff, and I can remember sort of how far they went with it, but um, yeah, all of a sudden it sort of like switches to sci fi mode, doesn't it? Basically, Um, yeah, as you say, like you know, it's very Marvel sort of influenced to it. Um, although I'd say it's probably a lot more brutal than anything Marvel's sort of dared to put out
2: oh yeah 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 about a doubt yeah yeah um yeah because there is there's a hell of a lot of wood in this to be fair it's 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 yeah. like a
1: full-on wolverine film basically is it <laughs> from that yeah. point onwards so, yeah sort of people you know all the injuries and stuff and you know it's so healing powers and all this sort of stuff going on but um yeah other than that sort of total shift other than the beginning bit where it's like Come on, keep up you know you you, you mm. know who these characters are remember your remember your revision from four years ago um you know as you start piecing it all together um i, th- I think it works really well um and i did you know that whole s- sort of battle scene at the end around the the the, the um you know the farmhouse yeah I thought worked really well with d- different factions and that and yeah i mean it's um it's almost like a live action anime i suppose the, the one that's sort of really. Mm comes to mind is, is a film called ninja scroll um because mm. the characters have similar movement the way they're able to sort of leap in the air and sort of like, you know charge at people it sort of reminded me a lot of that but um yeah i i overall i did enjoy this but it's definitely getting a few marks down one for the sort of tonal shift and the and, and the other is um you know, not even a previously on just to help us out a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know, just to pick up the pieces. So I we mean, we we get a little bit of that to, towards the end as people are still going, "Didn't we kill you?" You know, kind of thing, which is um, interesting. But yeah, no, I, I did like this a lot because I, what I remember the first film is the girl being adopted by the, this family, and and then after a few years. That somebody spots her on this talent competition that she she entered into, and suddenly people yeah. are sort of coming for her and all this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, well, is no, that, it's weird. Is
2: that? I'm just asking this because I'm got. Is that not the sister who kind of shows up at the end? Is that? Oh, is that?
1: No, no, it's her. But yeah, it's, it's right.
2: crazy. Anyway,
1: how are you going to score it?
2: Um, I'll give it a seven. Mm. Because like I said, I did enjoy it. Yeah. But you do. Yeah. Obviously, you need to have seen the first one, Um that little cutesy bit tonal shift in the middle just gives it that little bit of bit of a few points off. To be fair.
1: Absolutely, I, I totally agree. Um, it would be really remiss if if the company putting this out didn't, or you know, if if they get around to putting it on physical media, put both films mm. out. Yeah, because it will really benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, did did you see the um the mid credit sequence and the, the post credit sequence?
2: Oh shit, no. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah so, so certain characters are still alive, basically, and, and then and then they bring in some new characters right in, in the in the thing, um, which is which is really weird, but um, yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely plays into its sort of anime sort of roots at that point. Yeah. But yeah, I I also agree with a seven, uh, two sevens for the Witch Part Two, the other one. That's the other thing as well. The title, the other one, just makes the title it...
2: is awful. <laughs> it just really. sounds like
1: they they just gave up, doesn't it? Yeah. So what do we call this one? Oh, the other one. <laughs> it's like mm, all right, let's go to lunch. Yeah, but anyway, uh, the Witch Part Two is very good. Um, a little bit too dense for its own for it, for its own good, as far as trying to catch up with the characters from the previous film. But other than that, uh, the action's great. Uh, the story is very good when it when it gets going. Two sevens for The Witch Part Two. Go check it out. Okay, for our next review, I'm joined by Will Bentley. Good evening, Will. Hey, Mike. And the film we're discussing is Solid Rock Trust. Armed with only a collection of cell phones and a unique talent. A hacker orchestrates an elaborate bank heist from an abandoned building. But when things spin out of control, she only has her wits to hold it all together. Um, this is this is why I love this job. You know, it's not really a job. It's a hobby. This is why I love this hobby, Will. Um, because every now and again, a film hits our desk, which we've not heard of at all we don't know what the hell this is we slip it in and it blows our socks off basically Um, this is a very very good um, sort of heist thriller it follows um, there's been a couple of films like this in a way where the camera you know there's only one character on screen for Either the whole duration or most of the duration. Um, yeah. I can think of a couple. Um, there's a film called Lock with um, Tom Hardy, where he's literally sat in a car on a, on a journey and just talking to people on his on his mobile. Um, yeah. There's another film with um, Frank Grillo called Wheelman, where he's a getaway driver. And, you know, the heist that he's on goes horribly wrong and he's having to sort of deal with, again, deal with people on the phone. And, th- and then we have this one um, about a very talented woman who, um, you know, things go wrong and she has to deal with people on the phone. But the differences between those and this one is the, the, the space that she's able to work in or that she has to work in is much more expansive than, you know, sitting in the driver's seat of a car, which the, the two examples I gave. So it, it gives the camera more dynamism, more free reign, you know, to to keep what we're watching interesting. Yeah, you know, mm. it's it's it is an interesting concept anyway. Um, but you know, at least the camera can actually sort of move around and, and give us different angles, you know, um it, it does sort of add to the film's dynamic, but um, overall, what did you make of this?
0: Yeah, no, I was um, mesmerised and drawn in from like from the word go. Um, to be honest, um, mm. and it is it is like uh, that's basically that's testament to a brilliant script. You can't you can't do something like this or like the other films that you mentioned without the script mm. being absolutely um, brilliant and tight from you know you know to, to start with because it would just be you know it would just be it would just be tedious and yeah. sorry but the the um i mean you mentioned that you mentioned the environment that she's that she's working in it didn't actually seem to matter it's not like she was really chewing the, the scenery you know there yeah. wasn't a huge amount of physical acting
1: no but it, it's it's say. just so the, maybe, it, the, yeah the, but you well, know that's, it, it, that's it, yeah. there
0: was physical acting but not she wasn't sort of it, it's like yes, yeah, she was it's all laptop and mobile phones. Hmm. Her, it, her, act, her acting was all basically just making that dialogue yeah. absolutely come to life to the point absolutely. where you can always see what she was thinking.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so, so the actress and this is a woman called Coco Marshall, and you know that, that opening 10 minutes of the film really allows her to sort of grandstand her, her acting ability her, and her ability to switch accents. Mm. You know, because it, it, it's a great setup where where she's, um, you know, she's put this team together, these four different people. Um, she knows one of them very well. The other three are all strangers to each other. And three or four, five, I think. Um, and, and she's done it in such a way that each of them thinks she's somebody else. So one mm-hmm. of them thinks she's French. Another one thinks that she's um, Australian, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, she keeps mixing the accents up and she's able to just mm. switch from one to the other quite quite easily. Um we, we, it, you know, it does sort of lead to a very funny moment sort of later on in the film. Um but but it works really, really well. I thought, I thought that was very good. And and it, you know, it's a testament to her um to Coco's ability, I think.
0: No, no, very much so. And like I mean it sort of two things, you know. Firstly, um, you know, I quite I quite liked what she did, what the character did with the accents like. Um she when she was talking to one of the um uh one of the back robbers and she's and she's talking in with the French accent, she's being mm. French common. And then when she um puts the phone down, she's still talking in French to herself. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. sort of swearing mm-hmm. and kicking off. It's staying in character until she puts that handset down mm. and picks up, you know, the next one kind of thing. And mm. um you know the, the the accents are flawless. I mean, like they're they they're absolutely brilliant. But you're also very much like if at any point, you know, you're sort of thinking that all of the all of the um, uh, the bank robbers end up, you know, communicating with each other in the bank, and you're thinking this isn't going to last. Hmm. You know, they're not at some point. You know, they're gonna they're gonna and that that you you you're just you're already thinking how's it going to happen where there's going to be that overlap and someone's going to realize that the person they're talking to is not French or not Australian or whatever. Yeah. Just, or, or
1: to... you know, if, if, if they start comparing notes with each other and go, wait a minute, yeah. you know, the yeah. woman I'm talking yeah. to is French. But
0: you, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. And so, so you're already on edge, you know, you're you're on edge from the start because without realizing why, you mm. know, because, because of that. And then actually what's, what's happening and what they're doing to say that it's just, you know, one woman having conversations in a in a you know in in a room on her own, mm. building it's up the, the picture of is what they're doing is so well done that you actually yeah. feel like you're you're there. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. You 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 can visualize exactly what's happening in 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 the bank, even though you know uh, uh, until the end we do, we never see anyone mm. apart from her. So so you know th- those characters have to come through just just through 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 the um you know, the, the dialogue
0: mm. and, and the voices. Yeah, I mean this is one of those where it's like, you know, really until like you say when, you know, sort of things things kind of start moving at a different pace in mm. the in the very last portion of the film, you're looking at this thinking, this was made for, for pennies, really, because what mm. you know, one location and really just relying on the talent of the of the talent yeah. to you know, to bring it to life. And I mean, and not not forgetting that she's she's got people who are basically doing sort of voice artist bits. For the conversations on the other end of the phone, and they're just as they're just as compelling you know what they're what they're giving her to work with has to be mm. in order for her thing to work, but you're thinking, wow, you know this really you could make this yourself you know like in terms of money, obviously not in terms of how brilliantly written it is, and that the you know that the you know the acting's kind of superlative and you know and, and it is well shot even to say that there's not much camera work. Um, well, there is, this, there's a lots of camera work, because like you say, it has to be visual, yeah. it has to keep you interested, but there's nothing, it's not like you know, they're, they're not filming action sequences, they're creating the impression of action sequences hmm. um, you know, with with how they film her and what's, you know what how they sort of, how she acts and how they portray her what she's going through and how she's kind of describing to us what's happening
1: hmm. Yeah, absolutely um, one, one of the, you know there, there's a lot of nice detail in this and it is one of those films which there's a you know, at least a second viewing because I yeah. I, I actually I I, I was going to be I sort of tweeting something so so I wanted to sort of see who the distribute you know the, the production company mm. was at the beginning so I ended up watching the opening scene and the very first shot um you know it's not it's not a giveaway or anything but if she's doing something it's relatively innocuous yeah but then yeah. it's sort of like it, you know it it comes back later on yeah
0: but, um.
1: There's other nice sort of detail in here. Like, like if all the equipment that she's using is, like, the previous generation or, or even older. Mm. So, like, all, of, all the phones are, like, clamshell phones, you know. Mm. Uh, they're not 5G or anything sort of silly no. like that. So, so they are sort of more difficult to trace. Um, they, they, I'll come on to another interesting scene in a minute. But, you know, somebody does comment that, you know, her... Computers, she's got all the sort of computers with the screen set up and everything, but you don't realize that they're all old computers. That you know, it, there's nothing state of the art about what she's doing. She hasn't gone out and bought the latest equipment to to do this heist with. She's probably gone around a few um, second-hand stores or something, you know, and picked mm. up a few, you know, a few old sort of 386s or something.
0: <laughs> but, I think that was that was kind of the kind of the point, wasn't it? Because you're, yeah, si- yeah. you're very sick of these like heist movies where. You know, or they're they're going around doing the um, you know, buying getting getting the uh, the yeah. equipment together and stuff like that, and it's like you're looking at it like and you're thinking, well, if you can afford all that, do you really need to rob a bank? You know, yeah. Cause like it's it, like
1: she probably, you know she probably paid cash in a in a bunch of charity shops that you know to to or or you know off Craigslist or something. Yeah. To, to pick up a load of stuff. Whereas, yeah, as you say, you know, sort of a lot of these things. When you have got like your master hacker and stuff, yeah, they they've got the sort state of the art equipment and you know all this sort of stuff, which is traceable. You know, some, mm. somebody mm. somebody going to put two and two together and go, oh yeah, it's got a high yeah. end
0: that laptop or whatever. But, not a load but, of phones that are basically found out of a skip, or
1: yeah, exactly. Or you know, went down to CEX or somewhere and sort. of Pay cash for a bunch of old phones yeah. which aren't which aren't even 4G sort of thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting detail. I, I, I like that sort of setup, and you know the fact that she's using a different phone for each person and that mm. sort of thing. It it was very clever, but at the same time, it, it, you know, it it when the wheels come off the plan, it's it's that sort of thing which is. You know, um, her her down not exactly her downfall, yeah. but it's 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 what sort of starts throwing hurdles in a way, sort of thing.
0: You know. Yeah. And I think she, I mean, that's obvious even to to her. I mean, because I mean, the whole point about this is like that. You know, she's she she is brilliant. You know, she's mm. she's and she's not a, you know, she's she's not a sort of Tarantino esque, you know, professional bank robber. She's mm. just she's just created a brilliant plan um I know, well and... she, she she is a bank robber that's the thing you
1: know she she ha, she has sort of done heists before they haven't gone quite as quite as smoothly um but you know at the same time she she's trying to avoid hurting anyone she wants everyone to come out a winner basically um mm-hmm. you know even, even though some of them were sort of like acting against their own against their own
0: self interest almost you know um that's... yeah it's funny isn't it because the mo- the motive for for this is is slightly different for this particular mm. heist is you know slightly different yeah. and and the motive itself starts to kind of create you know fractures i mean it, mm. it was one of them where like you know the the fact that she's sort of talking to people in different accents and being a different person you realize that there's like multi layers of 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 kind of secrets yeah and in, in this, and that it's obviously like it's there to kind of prevent the wheels coming off but actually leads to the wheels coming off in a way as yeah. well mm. um there is an interesting sequence in this
1: film about the halfway point, and and it is when things are going horribly wrong for her. You know, mm. um, um, when the, the, the um, so the real estate agent turns up with with a prospective um, buyer uh, to look over the warehouse that she's sort of hiding in, uh, and and it leads to you know this this sort of very tense scene <laughs> where one of her phones goes off and she has to try and get it before um you know this couple sort of realized there's somebody there it's it's an interesting scene because it it, um you know it 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 breaks the the um i wouldn't say the mundanity is the maybe the monotony of, of sort of having just one person on screen um but at the same time you know i i think what we're actually watching up to that point is is compelling enough, but they well, throw it in there just to sort of uh, you know, relief? Really? yeah, a bit of comic relief, a bit of just to stir things up a bit, um, and then
0: it sort of sells back into the rhythm that, that we had. Um, I've got a bit. Yeah. I, you know, I I spent the whole time wondering when. Well, I didn't. No, I didn't spend the whole time wondering when when someone someone was going to come in, but wondering mm. if you know it's kind of if is this going to just play out, mm. you know, with 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 her and like we're hearing it all kind of. You know, whatever happens after the kind of the, the the sort of collapse on the on the phone, you know, we, we're going to hear about it like that, or are we actually going to sort of you know be thrown into that world? Yeah, and actually, the the, the the whole film. When I was sort of thinking, I was watching it, and I was thinking, you know, what does it kind of remind me of? Mm. And obviously, it made you think of Locke and. um mm. The Frank Grillo
1: movie, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. but like it made me, it made me think of um, one of my favorite scenes in a, in a, in in any film ever. Um, mm. Just in terms of dialogue, in 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 exactly the same way that this film does it, is um. There's a scene in the in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, yeah. I think I must I must have told you about it before years back mm. when we first started doing this that I thought was some of the best the, the best script writing and, and direction. Mm. It's in, in close encounters and it's hmm. in the early part where, you know, the aliens are just kind of starting to pop up. Yeah. And it's in the the air traffic control room.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a controller who's talking to two uh, jumbo jets that are flying hmm. in an approach to somewhere or other. Yeah. And um like, the the, um, the the two pilots both call in and say, Oh, you know, what's there's a guy going, what's that? Um, what's up ahead of me? And there's a guy going, what's coming up behind me? And then they they kind of work out that it's not the other plane. That there's someone between. There's something between them. All right. Um, And um, and it is one of the alien craft. And they're, (laughs) they're, they're describing it and stuff. And then it starts doing. It starts doing all this mad aerobatics. And you know everyone freaks out. But it's in that in that scene, it's like a busy air traffic control room. Yeah. Where gradually all the other controllers kind of.
1: Just of, stop what they're doing and listen. And stop, yeah, yeah. And they stop yeah. what they're doing.
0: And so it just goes quieter and quieter until you're listening to this one controller just having this conversation with two uh two airline pilots. And then people in the background are like sort of starting to say, Oh, you know, check with the Air Force and stuff and like, you know, and yeah. And and it it in the in the entire scene, you don't even I don't think you even you see the you see the radar screen, but you you don't see what's happening. You're just being mm. told it. Yeah. Um, in a, in a brilliant bit of screenwriting um you 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 kind of visualize an alien encounter hmm. um just by people describing it. And it, and it and it was like that's one of my favorite scenes in a film ever just to just to illustrate how good scripting can be yeah
1: um
0: and uh, and this yeah just just wanted to throw that in there really um
1: well it's, yeah interesting i mean i i, I thoroughly enjoyed this and um, you know there, there, there is that great moment i mean Films like um Miller's Crossing come to mind. Yeah. As well, where you you know, you have this character who you get to a certain point of the film and you think, he is fucked. You know, yeah. he's absolutely yeah. fucked. Um, there's there's no possible way out from this moment onwards, and and, and
0: yet somehow he manages to sort. You know, um, yeah, he manages to around. just survive one catas- yeah. like, catastrophe yeah. after another, and you're thinking, yeah, he should have been, he should, he should you have know, off, like, but, but, but somehow,
1: later. and and he, he kind of get that here. That, you know, the bit where the police fight, figure out who she is, and and you can yeah. see it on her face. She's like. Oh crap! <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and it just gets k- kind of worse from there for for you know um, as it goes on. The the only thing, and, and you know, I I think it's pretty unavoidable, is the reveal at the end, mm-hmm. um, when a certain character arrives, and 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 mm-hmm. you know the film has tried to sort of wrong foot you about. A certain identity, but as soon as this guy turned over, it's like, "Yep, that's him." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. you know, what I mean, it's like he, he can't hide the fact of of of, of what this person, it, it, you know, what what he is, what his agenda is. Unfortunately, it's,
0: it's just that the, the way the script has headed, oh. it, it, it He you know, was you, utterly, know utterly him. monstrous. He was completely hmm. monstrous, wasn't he? That like, in that final, oh, yeah. scene. can't really. I mean, this is it because you, you want to talk about it, but like at the end of the day, it, it, it would be hugely spoilery. So. Mm. You know, you don't you don't you want we'll have, we'll have to avoid it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Ooh. Um, yeah, so th- this is directed by a guy called Rick Ives. Believe it or not, this is his first directorial film. Wow. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, this guy has a uh, very long relationship with Marvel. Um, he's been one of their editors on not just um, some of the films, but also on their TV shows on, on Disney. Um, so he, you know, he's he's got a, a very good um, background in storytelling, you know, mm. or like to sort of, um, help him to sort of put these things together, um, mm. and and it really really does show with this, you know, um, yeah, I don't know if exciting, it's his first, it? yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's his first script, you know, that, that's been made into a film. I'm just coming kind of a quick. So if, yeah. Was it him
0: that had the involvement with Guardians of the Galaxy? Because I was looking at that caught my yep. eye in the opening credits and I was like, "Oh, Yes,
1: he has um, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame um, yeah, The Mandalorian uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier Loki, Torquai you know, Miss Marvel it's not out yet, but yeah and <laughs> yeah um, Assistant Editor on Guardians of the Galaxy 3 Throughout next year, um, that's that's that, that's big stuff. Yeah, exactly. So so you know he he's no newcomer at all, um, but you know he, he he's had this opportunity to to you know make make his own you know make a film out of his own script, and I think he's done an amazing job. Um, it's, it's one of those, as I said at the top of this review, you know it's one of those films that just lands and you go. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, um let's keep an eye out for this guy in the future. Um obviously not just him, but also Coco Marshall who's um you know developing her career. What have I
0: seen her in before?
1: Um, um I'm not sure. Let's have a quick again, quick peek.
0: I actually really liked her character in this.
1: She was very good, yeah. Um,
0: um what well, characters, really, because I mean if you actually yeah. if you, if you I'd quite like to do one of those edits where you just, um, if you just have, the, the different accents, and like hmm. stitch them all together. So like you've got French Carmen and then Australian Carmen and then just stitch them all together like that. Yeah, I reckon that they'd really they they show strongly as being different. They're like different personas. She's like Roger oh, yeah. in American Dad, isn't she? She's like, you know, oh, like yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're actually they're actually different. They're actually different yeah. people because in order for it to work, she's like really a character, you know, believing in that character when she's talking. Like, so. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so she's been around um, acting
1: since 2009. Lo- lots of short films. I uh, don't think we've covered any of them yet, but um, it would be interesting to sort of check some of them out for the um, the short shots. But, um, but yeah, uh, definitely somebody to sort of keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Also, the soundtrack for this was, was very good. Um, it is certainly a step up. For you know, the thing is, we on the digest we do cover a lot of dross. I have to say, we do, we do, um, and we, well, it, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we, you know, we 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 look for the the positives in, in everything we watch. Um, but you know, I've I've watched a lot of stuff where the soundtracks have been very very dull. Um but the, you, you mm. certainly can't say that for this. This is you know, this is a proper yeah. score given give yeah. to this. Um and I think it works really, really well. Um so so yeah, it's just uh, mm. I want to throw. No, that there's, in there as well. that.
0: there's that because I mean there's, it's a it's a, a book bear of mine that um I think <laughs> films that films that you and the rest of the guys seem to to mm. kind of really get quite a lot of enjoyment from these um weird kind of Hollywood A-listers. Mm. Doing like really small walk-on parts in a film, so that you know, the, you know the kind of thing—the action movie where Bruce Willis saw yeah, who in it for like half an hour at the beginning. Mm. And the, the soundtracks on those often tend to be the ones that really jar me. Yeah, um, exactly. where they'll have some really incongruous kind of rock music playing on the most <laughs> yeah. inappropriate times and stuff.
1: Oh, all, all sorts like that. Yeah, so, songs you've never ever heard of. You know, sort of.
0: Uh... On, on yeah the but soundtrack. just also like in really jarring bits where like, there's yeah. like dialogue going on and you've got like there's like there's there's some it's not a score there's like some rock music with vocals in the background you're like what the hell and it's yeah. like and it's not in the background on the scene it's actually it's actually the music for the you know for the film i, so.
1: I think um so the the critic um outlaw Vern sort of he dubbed a lot of this stuff as as guitar noodling. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly what it is. It's just you know, it's it's kind of like that thing from like the, the Lethal
0: Weapon films, that like, you know, sort of thing. So. Yeah, but but really badly done and badly. Yeah, like, badly done. And the, yeah. the levels are all over the place and stuff. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it uh, doesn't it doesn't sort of like mesh with the film at all?
1: No, but this you know this, this um, was really good and and it really did sort of fit the um, fit the material really well and and give it that sort of extra sort of sheen. You know. To, um, just to sort of really sort of um you know bump up the you know the tension when it needed to, mm. you know, put a bit mm. of adrenaline into it. Um I didn't actually put this oh there you go. A guy called uh Jerry Westerland did the music for this.
0: Um, well, he did a bang up job to be fair.
1: He Did an absolute bang up job, so yeah. Uh, so so hats off to, to Jerry. Um any any more comments for this one, uh, Will?
0: No, I mean it. Really, you know, yeah, there's you just you don't there's want to go into spoilers. Have,
1: that's the thing. So you know, you can only, you only yeah. say so much about
0: it. Um I, but don't, we... I have no gripe. The thing is about this about this film.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I have literally. I was sat there thinking, what? You know, there's there's very little I could I could pick apart. Mm. I would. I mean, the. I don't know. I would say if I was going to be you know extra bloody annoying and bloody minded about this, mm. um, is that the no can't do it without being a spoiler. Yeah. I, I,
1: I've only got one gripe and I've already sort of alluded to it um, to do with a certain character's appearance. Um, mm. But other than that, I, 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 I rate this really, really highly. Um, I, this, it, Unless something really, really amazing turns up for the next month, this is definitely probably going to be in my top 10 for the end of the year. Uh, and on that note, um, I'm scoring this a 9 out of 10.
0: Yep, ditto, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was. It really it hits that high.
1: It's, it is very, very good indeed. So two nines for solid rock trust. We recommend you go check this out. It is already available on the likes of uh, Amazon Prime to rent. Uh, it will be available on other streaming services very shortly. Go check it out. Our next review is Lamborghini, the man behind the legend. This is the life story of Ferruccio Lamborghini, the founder of Lamborghini. Um, so this is, this is a big, quite sumptuous um, sort of biopic. Uh, I, I must admit, I didn't know what I was letting myself in for here. And I certainly wasn't expecting this cast um mm-hmm. in fact I have to say Frank griller he disappears into the into the role you know he, I mean it took me a long time to realize oh my God that's Frank grillo <laughs> you know because he, he just he just he just looks so different to you know the, the way he usually is and, and you know this is this is a really good um showcase for his um, acting talent I think um Steve what did you make of Lamborghini um
2: I wasn't really a fan, to be fair. And I'll be honest, I think it's very rare these days that I find a film that's kind of too short, if you know what I mean. Really? Yeah, to me, it just kind of skips over most Mm. stuff. I don't know, it just seemed to... You know, you've got, like, the first half where, you know, he's coming back from the war and Mm. trying, trying to set up the business building, the tractors and stuff, and then it the tragedy happens and then it just jumps about 30 years. And then I don't know, it just didn't seem to delve into anything. Hmm. It's all like kind of surface, you know, we'll rush over it. And that's it. But like I said, I thought Frank Grillo was absolutely excellent in it, to be fair. Um he seemed a lot not not skinnier, but a lot leaner, more yeah. live, yeah, and yeah. and than what I've seen him recently, especially in like you know like the purges and mm. what was the other one? Oh, I can't remember now. Mm. Like Groundhog Day one. Oh,
1: uh, boss level.
2: That was it. Yeah, boss level. Boss yeah. level yeah, Um But yeah, it look gorgeous. Performance is great, and I just I didn't get the. um they're like a framing device. Yeah. That just seemed daft. I mean, you've got Gabriel Byrne in there, and he's, what, two scenes? About five lines, if that.
1: He doesn't speak much, no. He, he, but he, he's yeah. there to, basically, he's there to scowl at um, Ferruccio a lot, isn't he, basically? Yeah,
2: that's, yeah. Yeah. And it just seems a bit of a waste with her. And he just didn't gel. I mean, there's like one scene... Mary Savino, as well, I've not seen her for ages, mm. and she pops up with his, as his wife. But I mean, there's what you know, Sir John says, Oh, i fired for secretary. As you see, these for your new ones because you are mm. fucking her or something. Mm. And there's no if you know, you just see him flirting with you. you, don't see him actually having the affair or anything like that. Is it, is it just their jealous nature? Or is he actually having an affair? You you don't get any answers to a lot of it. And I just think a lot of it is skipped over.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, kind of rushed. And it's one that I think if it sounds daft, but that extra half hour, I think it could have given a lot more depth and a lot more Mm. feeling to the cast. I mean, his son is in, what, three scenes? Mm. And he's like, you know, newborn baby, 11-year-old. Then. Married with four kids, <laughs> and that you know that that's the only scenes he's in, yeah. and that would, that that was my big issue with it. With fair.
1: okay, I mean you know for for I mean the, the period detail and you know things like that I think it's absolutely superb. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, but, but, yeah I, I do agree with you. It, it is it does sort of you know it is all all surface. Um, Rich, how do you get on with the Lamborghini?
3: Uh, I echo uh, some of uh, Steve's sentiments because one of the things, uh, it's specifically the length, mm. is it does have that quality look, you know, and, and a bit of budget behind it. But I guess it's kind of in this kind of middle ground between like a big, you know, cinematic, you know, release mm. and mm. a low budget low. Let so let's put it like a let let's put it next to some of these like John Travolta biopics we've had lately, like Gotti.
1: That's or, what came or, to mind. Yeah, it did
3: what about the boat, um, the cigarette boat guy. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, Speed Kills. Yeah. That was it. Speed Kills, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what? It, it, if this was John Travolta, John Travolta would be playing Ferruccio as a young man as well, mm. <laughs> like, he did, in, like <laughs> he did in Speed Kills. No, this is kind. Of, it kind of it's kind of in the middle ground because it's got a bit above that quality. It's above DTV quality. It's like mm. it is cinema quality, but it hasn't got the budget to go like the whole hog. It really feels like this mm. should be a two hour, two hour, 20 minute comprehensive mm. kind of lush biopic. And the, that short, that running time just does seem like uh, it sort of smacks of uh, budget limitations, especially as you get to the end, you know, it's broken up to these chapters, basically mm. three chapters and you're nearly the end of the, you're nearly at the end of the movie when the third chapter kicks in, which it doesn't, doesn't last very long. So, yeah. I don't know if they had to truncate it or whatever, I don't know, but there's yeah, I think there's lots more that could have been said. Um, you know, you're trying to encapsulate a whole life, I know mm. they focus on sort of key moments and that, which is part of the course, but there's and there's some really nice stuff with um, you know, I didn't know about the tractor's backstory and stuff, that was interesting. And the yeah. whole um,
1: Jeremy Clarkson, quite th- famous, he has one on his, um, yeah. his, on his farm. Farm. farm.
3: yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. the um. Uh, so the uh, so the tractors and yeah when he's having the d- discussions with the designers and stuff and you know mm. pushing them and everything and his standards i did I, I thought it was a really i thought it was really good and yes i agree with you mike that it's a um a very good sort of showcase for frank grilla i mean mm. he's he, he he always plays greasy tough guys basically yeah. in pretty much yeah. everything i watched i watched um stowaway uh, a few weeks ago Hmm. With Ruby Rose, in which he has like a couple of scenes. He's not in it very much, but he's a bad guy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's typical kind hmm. of cheap knockoff kind of stuff. And here he's been. This is a, a shot in English movie, but it's an Italian film, so it's, I think it's an Italian-American hmm. co-production, but primarily Italian funding. Hmm. Uh, so it's an Italian movie shooting for the international market. They have got in Frank Grillo, a bit like what a Wolf Warrior Wolf Warrior Two did, and they hmm. got in Grillo to be the villain and stuff so grillo gets to he's normally in the sort of dtv straight to streaming, vod kind of realm and tv as well obviously um and he's been given this chance for a, a high profile role in a big potential uh, you know cinema release which obviously didn't end up being a cinema release over here but i'm, I'm sure it was in, in at least a few territories and yes he he goes for it um he doesn't come in until about halfway through the movie really i mean we see him mm. in the sort of framing device thing which um going back to what steve was saying i think that you know it took me a while to to get, figure out that that was like in his head that that was just yeah. like a framing device sort of presenting the battle that you know that he was imagining between the two of them rather than an actual race that they were actually it wasn't like it wasn't in media res that they were having this mm. literal yes yeah. um because when you get to the and you're thinking how gabriel Byrne would be like a, a raisin by, by this point <laughs> or whatever. but um because he's already, they already try and sort of play the age a bit, um, but yeah. So Gabriel Byrne, who apparently was repla- a replacement for a- uh, Alec Baldwin after the incident with the oh yeah, yeah. Rust. yeah. Uh, Gabriel Byrne only has yeah a couple of scenes.
1: He's uh, good though. I'll, he's I'll, all right. yeah, like I did him. He, he, I mean, the idea is is that he's, or he at least thinks he's superior to Lamborghini, and you know his whole aura. Is that you know he does sort of carry himself in that way that you know he he sees Lamborghini as this sort of upstart sort of challenging his position. Uh, Whether he he was
3: or not, we don't know. But that is uh, it's it's the the underdog convention, isn't it? you have to you have to overplay the the thing to sort of make him uh, Mm. he's he's like the Rocky, you know he's he's the up and comer. He's he's the Apollo Creed, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's more could be done. I would have liked to have seen a longer version. Maybe there is a longer version. I don't know, but I think they,
2: mm.
3: I think it's um, it's a good effort. Uh, it's definitely worth seeing. It, it's a bit too haze. you know. It's a bit too, as is, uh, you know, surface maybe at times. But there's enough. I think there's enough in there. Especially, you know, if you're a Grillo fan, it's like a must see because this is this is a this is Grillo the actor, not Grillo the action guy, mm. and, and we don't get to see that very often. At least I haven't um come across many cases of, of that so that makes it quite unique and and it is a nicely shot film and uh you know it's got any you know if you're into if you're into cars and stuff you're going to get that as well out of it hmm,
1: absolutely how are we going to score this one uh steve i'll give it a six
3: mm-hmm.
1: i'll join you on a six and rich
3: i'm going to give it a seven mainly for grillo
1: Okay, two sixes and a seven for Lamborghini, the man behind the legend. Go check it out. Our next review is L.A. Seduction. Catherine, a struggling actress and unfulfilled housewife, becomes involved with her new gardener, Ben. As he gives her the attention and sensitivity she craves, they start to fall for each other, but Ben is not what he seems. This starts quite well. Okay, there's an opening montage at the beginning showing um, this house, which has been trashed, you know, it's a Beverly Hills residence, Um, you know, so furniture's been upturned, pictures been smashed on the wall, there's Bottles of booze everywhere, sort of spilled over, you know all this sort of stuff. It, you know it, it's quite ominous what you're looking at, and you don't know what's really happened. you know there's no one there, and the music's actually quite good as well, and eventually this sort of camera goes outside and there's a swimming pool, and you can see a body floating in it, but you can't tell if it's a man or a woman at this stage then <clears we> meet <throat> Then we meet Catherine, and she's talking to camera about. This escapade she had when she was out with her husband ended up spotting this guy in a bar, took him to the toilets and fucked him, basically, and then went back to her husband afterwards. Um, And it's again, it's it's quite a compelling story the way she tells it. And I think, okay, this is you know, where's this film going? I wonder. Um, But after that, it just becomes kind of like a hallmark movie, basically, when nothing happens of any, you know, any real note until like the last 10 minutes. It is dreadful, in a word, it's dreadfully boring. You know, you know, Rich, the other week, um, you, were, you were saying how you'd started watching that Ryan Quanton film, um, whatever it was called.
3: Or oh, Loveland. Loveland. Uh, whatever it hmm. rename renamed yeah. yeah. Expired. Um,
1: Expired, that was it. So you're saying you're already committed to watching Expired when you could have been watching Hunt, for example. Mm. And I thought, you know, I I, I admire your resolve, Rich, for for sticking it out and actually watching the whole film. Because, you know, I I was losing the will to live watching this. It was (laughs) absolutely nothing. You know, it it turns out Ben is basically an incel and, and he's got his mate who lives next door as well. And you know he thinks he knows everything about women, but it's it's painful to watch. It really is. It's it, it, everything moves at a glacial pace, and it, you know it's just dreadful. Is 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 the only thing I can think of to say about this. Um, so is it
3: is it um is it a British or American?
1: No, it's American or... film. Oh, it's so American film.
3: It's a so, remake, isn't it? I think I've heard that it's a it remake. is a remake, yeah.
1: Um, don't
3: know anything about the original though.
1: No, I don't know either, unfortunately. But it got Frank Wally in this, um, as, as one of the guys, uh, and yeah, it's just painful to watch. It really is, you know. It seems just like it's a, it's, it seems like the,
3: the, the original film is mm. quite a, you know, not a film that anybody's really aware of I mean that they, they, they had the same title private property as what was this was originally called
1: why on but, earth did they make remake it i just don't I yeah don't that's that, that's
3: the, that's the question yeah. i've got it's like was were the rights cheap to it or something you know it's like yeah. then somebody must have seen some reason to to i mean it'd be interesting to i mean, i don't really want to watch how, how this the remake, original, but it would
1: the 1960s i think oh, oh the original one because there's a couple yeah. called. Private property. I
3: think the, well, unless it's been remade more than once, but I think I'm yeah. pretty sure the original yeah. one was like nineteen sixty-nine from what I saw. Um, but I don't, you know, beyond that, I don't really know much about it. But I yeah. think it's um yeah, that's quite unusual in itself. It's mm. like you don't see, I mean, unless it's like um Michael Caine doing a remake of uh whatever Harold Pinter movie, mm. you know, that he did or whatever, that you don't you don't really see remakes from like the sixties and stuff yeah. very, very often. It's quite rare. Yeah. So. Um, I'm so quite curious about it from that standpoint, but yeah, what I was thinking of was, that, is it going to be like, I mean, you've said it's terrible and the, the, the film we mm-hmm. watched, um, I think it was the stranger in our bed. Yeah. Or stranger, which we yeah. really liked. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the sort of, that was the sort of thing I had in mind that it was going to be something like that. Um, no, but uh, no,
1: that was, <laughs> that was enjoyable because, you know, the, the, the main protagonist actually took on a bit of a, you know, a gumshoe sort of, um, Attitude to sort of figure out what's yeah. going on around her and stuff like that. So, so, but this, no, there's no in, no real incident. You know, um, we, we, we get to realise that the um, the gardener, this guy called Ben and his, and his friend are, you know, up to no good kind of thing. Um, but other than that, no, nothing really happens until like the last 10 minutes.
3: Okay, so judging it based on having knots in the original, does it feel, in retrospect, or, or did it feel watching it that it was like a film from another era or something? Did it feel contemporary? No.
1: Well, it, the, yeah, it did. You know, it, it, it did feel contemporary, but it does. it's all set within the world of show business, of course. You know, she's oh, an yeah. aspiring actor. Her husband is a, is a producer by the looks of it, and um, you know, she she's gunning for for a new role, um, which which sort of comes into play right at the end as well. Mm-hmm. But no, mm. it's just not good and how long all.
3: was it how long did you have to endure oh god damn it in 27. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's not it's not overly long but um oh, apparently
3: the screen the original was 1960 i think from what yeah I was just having a quick look on so it's so it's even older than i thought it was. i
1: mean the, the, the original sounds interesting and, and there is an element of that's you know what the synopsis there there is an element of that in in this but um Again, it, it leaves it until too late before anything happens. I, I thought this was going to be like a home invasion kind of thing, or you know, some sort of siege movie, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's it, it really isn't. It's it's nothing.
2: Look, well, like I it. mean, looking at it, at the poster to me, it kind of reminds me of Remember Pacific Heights.
3: Oh yeah, hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. And Michael Keaton and yeah, um, Matthew Modine. I I thought it might be something
1: in that kind yeah. of vein, but no, no, nothing like nope. that. No nope. nope. <laughs> So I'm I am i I've got to give this one a four out of ten, basically. Ooh. It's just Oof. Yeah. There's just nothing there. You know, it's just no substance whatsoever. So mm. there you go. Four out of ten for LA seduction, also known as private property.
3: Don't go check it
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, exactly. Yeah, don't go check it out. Our next review is Diamond in the Rough. New college grad Ariana Alvarez is given a chance to turn her life around when she joins a stuffy country club. Do you know what I kept thinking about watching this?
2: Go on. There's
1: an old Simpsons sketch where Homer is watching. The, you know, he, when when he's going to college, and he's watching yeah. this like Animal House kind of film, and you got like. Um, you know the dean going Delta House, kind yeah. of thing. That's all I could think of watching. The
3: old dean,
1: <laughs> The a crusty old dean. You got to shake things up, man. You know, you got to... all this sort of <laughs> yeah. stuff. It, it when Homer goes to college, yeah, I yeah. It reminded me of of that a lot. It is at times it tries to show that it's a bit self aware in that it keeps name dropping Mean Girls, yeah. um, but it, it feels really weird and the character just seems like incredibly naive you know incredibly <laughs> so naive um she turns up this <clears throat> this club where you know we're in this ridiculously short skirt and a t-shirt that says feminist af you know and it's like oh i'm i'm an anti-establishment man all this sort of stuff. i, I used to know a girl like this when when i worked for weatherspoons <laughs> she she thought i was the establishment which was really really cute but there you go um Steve, did you did you get anything out of this one at all? you know what? I did, actually.
2: I actually That's enjoyed cool. it. It To me, it was like pitch perfect with golf, basically. Hmm. And I absolutely I absolutely love pitch perfect. I mean, I it's, not, it's not that good. But, you know, yeah.
1: I, there was some
2: quite a bit of charm in there. You know, it's the usual fish out of water, trying to break the rules and bring in... You know, drag it, kicked and screaming out of the seventies and the sixties and stuff. Mm. You know, the men's lounge is been a tradition for 125 years. Women cannot go in there. Well, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get mm. pissed with this bottle of tequila. You know, that it is that kind of thing. And I thought the the lead actress playing Ariana, I thought she played it really well. Yeah,
1: um, that's uh, Samantha Boscarino.
2: Yeah, to, to me, one thing. That a film can live live or die on is like fourth wall breaking, mm. and I think she she pulls it off really well in this, and it actually works like a bit like She Hulk. Recently is the only right big recent one that I can compare. It's you know with that kind of fourth wall breaking and stuff like that, and she does it really well. And yeah, it's just it's like frothy bit of fun, you know. There's no major, you know, mm. incidents or anything like that. It is, it is what it is, but it's a nice, gentle, simple rom-com where everybody at the end of the cup was Pally Pally and they'll live at, you know, kind of after ever after. You know, I wouldn't expect anything else. The only thing that really threw me was at the end where it's, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I can't actually play golf. I used to play it all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> Because it's not mentioned at all through the film. Mm. But they do kind of justify it. Mm. You know, because she used to go playing with her dad and the crux of the film is she's lost her parents in a car crash and he basically doesn't know what to do with her life. You know, that, mm. kind, of, that kind of thing. So it does kind of make sense in a way. where she says, yeah, I've not played this since my dad died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it is. It is what it is, you know. But it, I enjoyed it. A lot of um. It, kind of like bar fight the other week, you know. I think mm. bar fight was trying to be like this, but to me, it didn't work. But this did.
1: Okay, um, Rich, over to you. I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. In <laughs> typical. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, having watched Barfight and Eat Wheaties or Dear Elizabeth, as it's known over here, last week, it gave me a bit of a saccharine overload.
0: So, mm.
1: you know, another sort of light comedy just did not really sit with me at all, I guess. So, so yeah, that's probably why I've been a bit more sort of snarky at it, yeah, but, um, but. but anyway how are you going to score it um i'll give it a seven Mm -hmm. i'm going to come just behind in a six so a seven and a six for diamond in the rough go check it out our short shot this week is salem 1692 a father tucks his son into bed with an old family legend about a mysterious box. Um, I was not expecting what this film turned into, guys. So, <laughs> I, I was quite surprised in the direction it actually ended up in. Um, you know, with, with, with the sort of the wraparound bit, of, mm. I, I must admit, I didn't know where it wanted to go. Um, so I was quite Pleasantly surprised with with, with this one um, Without giving any details away at the moment um, Steve, what do you make of S- uh, Salem 1692?
2: Yeah, um, I was very surprised in the way it was going I thought it was going to be a horror shot at first hmm. But that first, you know, the, with a the wraparound or whatever And then yeah. it completely defied my expectations And was actually pretty enjoyable
1: You get that bit at the beginning with it, you know, the thunder and the rain and the kid with Mm. the box and everything. It's like, where did you get that box from? You're like, you know, where's this going? Um, But yeah, then then the mood changes on on a dime. It's it's very interesting. Um, Rich, you you mentioned you you saw this one a couple of weeks ago, um, ahead of this. So, what can you remember of it and how you felt about it?
3: yeah it came out about a month ago i remember being really impressed i mean uh it's directed by Stephen rennie who's mm-hmm. right at the top of my favorite sort of short film directors at the moment having done films like redemption with ron smorenberg and mm-hmm. salvages and penance uh the whole bunch i mean it, all his yeah. films were really good mm-hmm. um very stylishly shot what's unique about this one it's not so much the sort of uh horror fantastical sort of sort of witch and wizard sort of stuff i mean it's still it is it's still a martial arts film essentially at heart that is Mm -hmm. kind of what the the core thing is but it's the the style and the execution of it which is really different because it's that it does the so a very sort of more well only really common as i've seen in like asian cinema of the Mm. uh characters use fabric wrapped around in fabric and yeah, yeah. flying fly around yeah. and stuff I mean, yeah. where, where that fabric was linked to, I don't know, sort of <laughs> in the air, but um, the, the sort of Cirque de Soleil, as I think of yeah, it, exactly, sort, of, yeah. sort, of, sort mm. of acrobatics and whatever, which, you know, it's not, that's, that's quite complex stuff that yeah, they're trying to do intricate. there. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, and not anything you would normally see. I've I mean, I've never seen a short that did this. Hmm. Uh, and I thought that was, that made it sort of really strike. I think that's what's great about his films is they're they're always delivering on the action, but they're always giving you something a bit different. Uh, some mm. of it's some some of it's a bit more routine, but there's always an angle and and stuff. And this is this in terms of the action design in this is probably one of the more unique uh, pieces of work that he's done. It's only six minutes long. Mm. It's say it's it's it is sort of an it's kind of an action scene with a wraparound essentially. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah. but yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 novel. It's interesting. I think they could have done a bit more with the with the Salem sort of angle and the theme, and sort of maybe add a little bit more to it, maybe yeah. d- develop it slightly more. Um, but I don't really have any particular complaints. So I, I thought it was really, really striking, really novel. And you know, any I'm I'm, I'm excited whenever I see anything that, that he comes out, and he, mm. and he hasn't disappointed me yet.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we essentially get two. Two, two fight scenes in one with this mm, one. Yeah. So what one's kind of like the preamble to to the main event. Yeah. Um. What I liked about that particular fight is is that the the mage character, you know, he he remains with his hands bound the whole time, and mm. um, so so they're having to sort of come up with ways of him being able to defend himself without being able to use his his hands. You know. Yeah, so, that's really so, good. So yeah. It was very good. So you get like these sort of shoulder barges and elbows and things coming into it and spins. Um, it's, it's it's really really clever sort of choreography, and yeah, and then a few shorts. That have yeah. done I mean, a few
3: mm. action films and shorts and that have done that, before, yeah. where the, where characters are restricted movement or so. So, for example, like um, any sort of one armed swordsman, kind of stuff, or, or oh, yeah. Jet Li in uh, Cradle to the Grave, where mm-hmm. his whole his character's whole thing is like keeping his hand in his in his pocket or whatever, while it, and just just using one arm for some reason. They never really explain why. Or, or but yeah, the, the whole um, when they're when they're uh, you know cuffed or, or tied up mm-hmm. or whatever, that's that's the really challenging stuff, and that is really well executed yeah. here. Yeah. But,
1: then, but then we get the you know the, the other part as you, as you mentioned you know that sort of with the, using the long um, sort of robes, blankets. I don't know what you, what you want to call them. Um, yeah, the sheets. But sheep, um, scarves. <laughs> yeah, these scarves. That, that's the word. Scarves. Yeah, scarves I do. Um, and again, that's all really, really intricate stuff because you know you, you, you gotta be able to make it look that it's lethal, you know, or, or that it's dangerous. It's like it's a scarf, mm. you know, you're waving a scarf in someone's face. Normally, that's what it really boil down to. But it's able to whip around people's legs knock <clears throat> people off their feet and all this sort of stuff. It's it's really, really good stuff. And it actually did remind me of the witch um that mm. we watched um, you know, the top of the show um there, there's, there's yeah. a lot of that sort of stuff of like flinging people into trees and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. um yeah it, it worked really really well and and it yes. compares quite favorably to to that big budget film as to be yeah, said because yeah.
3: there's more visual effects in this than in any any of his previous films because they're all very grounded and gritty generally and this is much more fantastical and you know there's people you know gl- gliding on the air or sort of jumping around and and sort of spinning and float floating and doing yeah. all sorts of stuff as well as all the usual sort of. I would say it's much more of a. I've, I've, you know, crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is probably a good reference point for mm-hmm. people who haven't seen a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I would say you know the way sort of the the gravity-defying kind of uh, sort of action with the mm. fantastical you know characters with this. But it, um, it
1: doesn't feel style. like wire foo. That's the thing. You know, you, you're not you're not subconscious mm. of, of wires or anything like that. It it, it looks all. You know, filmed in 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 camera, and, and you know, it does really. Re- they pull it off so well,
3: and the setting as well is a very it's a very strange place to have that kind of you know mm. the fabric scarves kind of yeah. thing happening. Well, this this is the this is
1: the only thing for me is, I think they they lose they lose sight of the title. You know, they they they, they come up with a really good scene, mm. but it doesn't really sort of connect back to. The title of the film. Well, that's what I'm meant, saying. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, what yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. That's that's the only real issue. It's like, oh yeah, these guys are meant to be pilgrims or, you know, yeah, um, what, what, Puritan what, Puritans and Puritans. She, that's
3: the word. Of, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of action which, shorts. What? I've mm. seen a lot of action shorts that are basically this setup of, it's the woods or whatever. Mm. There's a couple of people. It's a sort of fantasy kind of setup, and then they fight, and that's it. And this one's, it's, it's it is that. But mm. the quality of the the action, and say that the novelty of some of it, and having that wrap around, is what what sort of makes it stand out. Yes, I think. Absolutely. But yes, they really did need to sort of do a bit more to link, you know, and dwell on and elaborate on the whole um, period, well, the period and the theme, you know, of the mm. witchcraft of, of that particular
1: period. But we are we are we are seriously. I'm nitpicking. We're, we're very we're really nitpicking yeah. at this stage. Yeah. But there you go we, we really enjoyed this and we hope you do too um two things um firstly we'll put a link to this in the footnotes uh when you do go and take a look at this please check on um Stephen rennie's own um youtube page his own channel and check out his other films you will not be disappointed at all
3: can you, can
0: you, can you?
1: Our DTV throwback this week is Devil's Prey. A group of young adults attend an all-night rave only to discover that it's a trap for for a satanic cult that requires flesh for bloody sacrifices. Um, okay, so this is from 2001. I don't know yes. what you guys thought, but... This for for a lot of this, it kind of felt like one of those Christian movies where they're trying to mm. ward you away from um, you know, the, the the evils of raves and uh soft drugs and all the rest of it. So, like, ooh, you know. Uh, because the thing is with these sort of Christian movies, a lot of the time they, they just go all in and and you know
3: sort of Yeah, go, go, you wouldn't be able to nudity though. <laughs>
1: Well, wouldn't. Mm, or, or wouldn't you? I don't know. No, yeah. you don't. So, 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 no. so, so it's quite a bit. There's a bit of nudity in this one as well. A uh, bit. <laughs> um,
3: the director's practically salivating. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. There are some interesting elements to this. There are, but there's a lot to discuss. Um, so I'm going to ch- chuck this one over to Steve to begin with. Have at it.
2: Right, okay, to me, they've kind of got every single cliche from every, like, night is slasher movie. Yep,
1: it's a slasher movie thing. Yep.
2: You've, yep. Got, you've got, like, ten versions of Ghostface. You've got the car knocking someone over from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, Check. the woods from Wrong Turn. Check. You know, You've got the town from, I don't want to say like House of Wax or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just everything thrown into one. And I mean, it's one of them that's so trashy and terrible. It's actually quite good. You know, it's... When when the credits, the bit they've got me, like you say, there's the nudity in the, mm-hmm. um, in the rave where, the, yeah, he's literally, it's like 10 minutes of these strippers oh the go-go dancers in, in, in the cages. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah yeah well the bit that got me was in the credits right at the beginning yeah where the girl's like chained up to the is it a cross or the board or whatever
0: hmm.
2: and she's got the little black thing across her breast and that and then next thing it's missing <laughs> then next thing they it's put back. it off yeah. yeah and you know it's like yeah. come on guys just get some kind of continuity in there and everyone's all the top the um supposedly like blonde girly girl
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh jesus i could have
1: killed her myself <laughs> she she is the the verbal equivalent of um, nails on the chalkboard isn't she basically yes
2: oh my yeah. god yeah and um, and then you know it, then you've got the sheriff who don't believe him i mean mm-hmm. to be fair that That sheriff's an absolute dick. I mean, someone comes up to you saying, we've been chased through the woods all night, we've got people trying to kill us, or I'm arresting you for killing them. It's like, what? (laughs) Where's that coming from? (laughs) You know, and the supposed (laughs) twists you can see coming. As soon as, as, yeah,
1: as soon as as Patrick Berger comes on the screen, is that? Well, no, as
2: as soon as she's hit by the car, I'm like, right, okay. All right. (laughs) You know, as soon as and then yeah he comes in like right fine the text to the diner right there we go there's the next one and yeah it's terrible it's trashy but it is a bit of fun mm. you know and and the last shot oh i was <laughs> i was dying laughing oh, i really was <laughs> i really was
1: it was class that last bit
0: um
1: <laughs> Rich, I take it you hadn't come across this one before. Um, this is this is when I discovered on on uh, Amazon. I don't know why it's in my watch list, to be honest, but you know, for some reason, I must have gone. Oh, it sounds interesting, and, to, and put it in my watch list. Um, but I, I, have you seen this one or even heard of it before? It came out
3: on video when I was working in a in the video store around uh, around that time. Oh. So it was put out by a label called Mosaic, which is long mm-hmm. gone, I think. Mm. The, the i think this the video store chain that i worked in uh choices i think there was like a business relationship between the label and the sh- you know the label and the, oh. the shop mm-hmm. so you know owned by the same people maybe i'm not i'm not 100 sure but we got all their titles usually quite a few copies mm. they put out things like wishmaster three and four and hot and you know tons of other stuff yeah. and this was one of them yeah. but i never i don't think i ever watched this one um it feels that reason.
1: sort of pedigree though as well you know it's, it seems like it would fit into sort of a budget yeah. range or something like wishmaster three
3: yeah it's definitely it is low budget um they've got bradford may directing who's very experienced with dtv and especially television but mm. i know him mainly as the director of uh um, dark man 2 mm. which was which was a game changer for you know, direct to video sequels and stuff because that was kind yeah. of the abundance.
1: We, we covered that, didn't we? Okay. On, on, yeah, in, in, in on the throwbacks so a while back. But yeah. which
3: again was interesting because it's it does that is a mm. It's weird because that movie feels like a TV movie, but mm. not because it's got the bits that you would never get in a TV movie. So, and the mm. same is basically true here because this feels quite TV like, and and you know, mm. it, um. But then it's got all the nudity and stuff. Anyway, anyway, mm. for. When the film started, uh, you know, I just felt like it was the most obnoxious film I'd ever seen. <laughs> you know, the the characters are really obnoxious,
1: yeah. But the direction
3: mm. was really obnoxious as well, and I was just like, oh mm. my god, this is—I'm not enjoying this. And the 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 whole rave scene thing that just goes on for like ten minutes, uh, it and long. it was just yeah. To, you know, it's the, the worst. lead characters are the lead characters are designed to be really unlikable. You know, yep. saying so, like I said, really obnoxious. Uh, there's a drug dealer. Well, why? Why? Why would you do that? I mean, you, you're sort of. I mean, a lot of horror movies do have unlikable characters, but mm. not not necessarily to the extent here. It's like like what you were saying about the girl with the you know with the voice, who's a um, mm. uh, Jennifer Lyons who was in uh, Can't Hardly Wait. That's what I know her from. But the yeah, she. I mean, the dialogue they have them saying it just makes them really gro- gro- you know, yeah. unappealing. Yeah, they I'll do. Better, but yeah. what's good is. The film does it is rescued it does mm-hmm. take a turn uh and i did start enjoying it there's there's turns of events the characters they they actually say you know what actually we're going to change the characters now mm. regardless of whether it makes a lot of sense or not but we're going to actually make them you know mm. act differently and whatever that they're, they're, you know they're going to calm down essentially mm. so they all things settle down and it's a lot better from that point on uh, but that yeah. first act is pretty uh you know if i was if I wasn't doing it for this I'd probably get I've, I've, you know sort of tapped out because I was just like no I can't really be doing with this but I did actually really enjoy it in the end I think that mm. once you get into that next act uh there's sure there's other there's bits that aren't so good um but I like I thought I, I had fun with the twists Patrick Bergen turns up. I, I I didn't know he was in it because he's top build yeah. but I'd forgotten yeah. that, that he was going yeah. to turn up and then he turns up and he's he's looking a lot younger than I'm used to seeing him obviously yeah. these days yeah because he, he'd like this was a few, you know, he'd been doing DTV for a, a little while now, but he was still pretty close to his sort of sleeping with the enemy sort of high point, um, which was early nineties. But mm. you know, we're a long way. I mean, now I mean, he's still around, still doing tons of stuff. But he's uh, yeah, yeah. his career sort of never really yeah. stayed. He didn't stay very high for very long for some reason. But he he does yeah. definitely remind me of uh, Liam Neeson. He's definitely got mm-hmm. some similar quality to him. Uh, and yeah, they do some stuff. There's a, there's a, again, I think they did. I don't know if they did this for the trailer or something, but there's a, there's a, sl- a, a really long like sex scene <laughs> with Patrick right. Bergen, which I got really done yeah. without.
1: Okay, I <laughs> want to talk about this sex scene. Um, okay, go, go. Well, I don't want to talk about the sex scene as such, but the BBFC used to have a real, you know, it used to be a real no-no to associate sex and death mm. in any film. So, mm. so anything like sort of like blood on on breasts which would this be, film does
3: like right at the beginning.
1: We be cut out. Yeah, so, mm. but, and it was just such a weird juxtaposition between this sexing. I mean, for one thing, you know, who would have thought that Satanists would, would be into such glossy sex for a start? You know, it doesn't really think, you know, you know, surely things will be sort of more down and dirty, but no, it's, it's all very sort of like Cinemax, sort of, sort of, you know, playboy TV <laughs> kind, of, kind, yeah. kind of style sex um which, which you know sort of very sort of soft lens kind of sort of yeah, 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 yeah all that sort of stuff
3: which again was kind of the that was oh, kind of the thing in a lot of these movies it was coming I mean, yeah, so much in the period, 90s in the yeah, 90s so the, definitely
1: yeah in, yeah in the 90s you know every thriller used to have to have a sex scene regardless of it, whether or not made sense but um yeah, this this sex scene between Patrick Bergen and his his other colleague, who are um, both
3: supporting minor characters, basically yeah. aren't they? Yeah. The, the film just sort of di- diverts and goes. You know what? We're going to focus on these two for, yeah. for a few minutes, but for,
1: for no real reason in, whatsoever. Yeah, for no reason. When they're supposed to be setting up this ritual and torturing people, you know, I don't know. No, we, we're going to we're going to take five minutes of your time and and, and do this. <laughs> but the, but that scene is juxtap- juxtaposed with um, this what. To, uh, what turns out to be a fantasy torture scene? Oh yeah,
0: because
1: because it's it's, oh, it's it doesn't it, actually happen. Well, no, it is,
2: it's the girl from the beginning
1: again.
3: It's the it's the credits again.
1: Is it? I thought it was. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. No, he's
3: he's rel- yeah. No, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a cross cutting thing. Is yeah.
1: Oh, okay, I I thought it was um, what's the name we just mentioned? Um, yeah, Jennifer. Like, her, yeah, you thought it was her character.
2: I, I, I did did at first, and I'm thinking, no, it's not. it's it's it's, it's reusing
1: the stuff the, the formation uh, okay. yeah, earlier on. Uh, but even so it is a weird juxtaposition.
2: Yeah, is,
1: to, be, yeah. <laughs> to be doing. Um, so the gore stuff was actually pretty decent, really. You know, there's some some good sort of practical effects going on. I quite enjoyed mm. that. Um again it it it's one of my sort of things I do enjoy is is when bad guys bite off ball and they can chew. So you got these these um you know these Satanists running around trying to capture these people and, and a couple of the satanists get killed and they're really really upset about it and really surprised yeah. it's like oh bloody hell yeah yeah it's like yeah dan got killed oh no who could have ever thought that might happen <laughs> you know but can um, i
2: sorry, can yeah. i just interject the, yeah. the main young lad in it yeah
1: hmm
2: charlie o'connell is he called
1: yeah, yes, he looks Jerry's very brother. much like a Jerry. Yeah, Is he
2: related brother. to Jerry? Yeah. yeah, Jerry's younger brother it has yeah. to be. Right, it has to it's be. A, I, I was like that, yeah, because I was just watching it. I'm thinking he's got to be. I thought it was him at first. I'm like, mm. got to be related
3: at least,
1: yeah.
3: But it doesn't say that on IMDb. so I was just checking.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah no, it does. I mean, uh, that, there's a note at the bottom of his profile on IMDb. but yeah, it's, it's, it's unmistakable they do look so similar. Yeah, um, he hasn't had obviously, he hasn't had quite the success that Jerry had. I mean, Jerry's not, I mean, he's still going, but he's, he's, he's kind of disappeared a bit from view, oh, yeah. but, you know, he was, around around this time was when Sliders was going yeah. on and all that sort of
2: Yeah. Thing.
1: I think the last thing I saw Jerry O'Connell in was um, uh, Satanic Panic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't he, he, that, yeah. he was in that, yeah. He was in that. That's um, on Prime as well, I might watch And that. He, he also does, it's he's good. one of the voice actors on um, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Ah, uh, okay. As well. Mm, so, so he does something yeah. on that. Which, which is a brilliant show, but you yeah.
3: Um, oh, Tim Thomason, we get yes, as well. That's, a, that's so the got, next person I was so you got Patrick Bergen, who turns up yeah. in the sort of mid, mid, middle yeah. of it, and then Tom, so Tim Thomason around the same time. Yeah. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, Jack Death himself. Tim Thomason turns up. So yeah, good stuff. He doesn't have many. He, he, I don't know if he I'm missing,
3: but it felt like he disappeared really quickly.
1: He does. Movie, well, yeah, yeah. He got, yeah, he got <laughs> shot in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: that's,
1: <laughs> yeah he's oh, not in it much. Yeah, you, th- you think he's going to sort of play a bigger role, but then. Um, other things
3: yeah yeah yeah,
1: that, that yeah. Kick in. so yeah this is it is rough for sure um we're looking at it like 20 years after it came out um i think it's know, half it's a good film yeah the, a good film. This, yeah. You know, if you can stick with it and, and have a bit of a laugh at the stupid characters and some of the things they come out with uh, and that rave scene you know <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like they, went, they went to a rave where let somebody left the lights switched on uh, and, and and they were told they couldn't sort of like turn the volume higher than 10, <laughs> you know, because mm. they, they wanted to have all the conversations. Maybe nobody told them that most people actually sort of like they record, you know, these sort of scenes without any music and then put the music on afterwards. But there you go.
3: And come anyway. on, I didn't see any bottles of water being handed around or. No. <laughs>
1: oh, wait, wait, wait. No, wait. Right. The two girls. No one was for... grinding
3: their teeth or. <laughs>
1: The two girls went to the the bar yeah. and ordered a vodka. So you know vodka tonic, vodka tonic, and the guy goes, "Oh, only the best here," and picks up an open wine bottle. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Okay.
1: there you go. Well, that's there, standard
3: continuity. That,
1: though, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> um, okay, we don't score the uh, the throwbacks, but we yeah, we we recommend you check them out. And this one you'll find on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. And that's the end of this week's show. So as usual, thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me and talking about these fairly interesting films. Highlight for me is definitely The Witch 2. Um, but as, as you guys will find out, um, solid, solid Rock Trust is very, very good. Awkward title, um, that one. Yeah, it is, yeah. It, it is. I keep thinking of Red Rock West.
3: Oh yeah. yeah, you
1: know the the, the um, Nicholas Cage one. But um, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend you check that one out. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also, uh, the DTV Digest Short Shots, where Rich puts a new short film link every evening around about eight o'clock.
3: Can I recommend uh, mm-hmm. uh, Croft? Uh, in, uh, to have to take you know, look out for Croft. Uh, mm. It's. Uh... Mm. It's a fa- it's a, essentially a fan film, but it's like a it's a real threat. It's from about ten years ago. It's a it's, Tomb Raider. It, it is a, it is it's, it's yeah. modeled it's slightly on Tomb Raider, but mm-hmm. it what it really is is essentially First Blood slash Commando, uh, awesome. with a with a you know with a woman running around with a bow and arrow and stuff. So absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Do do look at that one up. But yeah, but um, new yeah new films every every day around eight o'clock on uh, on Twitter. Brilliant.
1: Thank you for listening. Tune in next
0: time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.